write down the areas that you think you know the most about. Those are the areas that you are the least teachable in. The areas that you think you know the most about, which goes back to our feedback conversation, yeah. right? What do you, what do you, dude, I'm a, I'm a full, I'm a brigade commander. What are you talking about giving me feedback on leadership? Dude, I've been leading since yeah. you were born. Yeah. Like you can't give me, right? It, so yeah. those areas, and, and here's the other thing, that the other danger behind the areas that you think you know the most about, not only are you least teachable in, but those are also good chance, the areas that you're the most comfortable in. On the heels of your comfort zone is complacency. On the heels of complacency is destruction. Hello, fellow leaders, and welcome to the Military Leader Podcast, bringing you conversations with today's most successful leaders. I am Andrew Stedman, and I am fired up that you are here and making this podcast a part of your professional development. You know, that effort really matters. What you read, what you listen to, the meaningful conversations you have every day, that development matters, and I'm just thankful that you make this podcast a part of it. You can find this episode, as well as all the others and many other blog posts and articles and links uh, over at themilitaryleader.com. And while you're there, be sure to connect on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and join the conversation that's happening every day around leader development and growing teams. All right, folks, you might want to strap in for this conversation. It is a chat with a good friend of mine, former infantry officer and very successful entrepreneur, Noble Gibbons. Noble and I have known each other uh, really since 2001 when he was transitioning out of the Army after five years in the 82nd Airborne Division. Uh, he went into business for himself and has been a very successful entrepreneur ever since then. He is also a speaker. He's a coach. Uh, he runs mentor groups and has mentored literally hundreds of people uh, over the course of these last 20 years. Uh, and personally, he has been a, a voice of leader development for me uh, all throughout my Army career, and I'm indebted to him for uh, and very appreciative uh, for what he has spoken into uh, my professional and personal life. And so today's chat, it's a long one. It's also on video. So if you want to check out the uh, the video of our chat, you can head over to themilitaryleader.com uh, forward slash podcast, and you will see the video hung there. Um, and so today we get into some some pretty deep leadership topics. Uh, and there's there's one area in particular here that I think will resonate with folks. Uh, and it, it deals with emotional intelligence. Uh, Noble has, he shares how he's gone through a transition lately. Uh, where he's beginning to question all of the 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 standard messaging and the the themes that we get fed over the years, whether it's from the army or whether it's from a business we're a part of, or whether it's the culture or books that we read, uh, and he encourages leaders to question what they hear uh, in a critical way and make sure that they can find their own leadership voice instead of just regurgitating some other organization or some author. So it's a pretty powerful message and uh, I think you'll enjoy it. So strap in. Uh, you can find this episode on the militaryleader.com again, and you can watch the video there too. Um, and I'm very thankful to Noble for taking some time to have this uh, pretty meaningful chat for me and I hope it will be for you. So uh, here's my conversation with Noble Gibbons. 
Hello, fellow leaders, and welcome to the Military Leader Podcast, bringing you conversations with today's most successful leaders. I am Andrew Stedman, happy to be joining you on video here with my good friend, longtime friend, uh, and what I'm the most powerful, energetic, inspiring, engaging, and just straight up everything you can think of, Noble Gibbons. Noble, welcome to the Military Leader Podcast. Drew Dini, what's up, bro? Thanks for having me, man. This is amazing. It is I, I'm shocked at like the, the moons aligned and like you've got generals and ballers and then you got noble. <laughs> <laughs> This is great. This is it. No, it's it's awesome. And thank you for taking the time. You know, listen, uh, and for the audience here, um, th there's no need to write down an, an introduction because Noble and I go way, you know, go way back. Uh, so Noble here is a is a is a is a, a father first, a Christian, a West Point graduate. Uh, did his his time in the Army in the 82nd Airborne down at Fort Bragg. And then went into business for himself and has been an entrepreneur, entrepreneur of uh, many businesses, executive coach, uh, personal coach, uh, in, a speaker, uh, an inspiration uh, to, to literally thousands of people. And, and what I credit uh, and, and Noble, this is, you know, just opening up a little bit to, you know, to the audience here, like what I credit you with in my life is injecting into me at a at an early leader age uh, and I was about 23 when you know when we met um, this idea of the self the, how important the self-development is and how important it is to infuse yourself with so many different uh, you know resources and people and to be discerning and deliberate and intentional about that because as you've said many times you'll be the product of the, what you surround yourself with right and so I learned that at, at, at such an early age because of you uh, and have I think it set a solid foundation. So um, I just got to tell you uh, personally, like, thank you uh, for speaking into my life as a leader, you know, and, and as a man. And I, I appreciate you being here, buddy. Absolutely. Thank you, man. It's, it's been a blessing to be, you know, friends with you. And, you know, there's a great verse in the Bible, Proverbs 27 and 17 is iron sharpens iron. So Drew Dini sharpens big poppy. <laughs> I think that's verbatim. man. <laughs> That's the that's the NIV Nobles International version right there, brother. <laughs> right, right. That's awesome. Um, well, it's, I want to listen. This is a this is a free flowing conversation here, uh, I, and every time you and I have gotten together, I've I've walked away better for it. Um, I'm inspired by people who can elevate the conversation and care about getting something out of the experience and not just talking about whether it's the latest football game or whether it's whatever. Like I walk away from conversations. Uh, I prefer to walk away from conversations knowing that I'm changed in some way. And you've always done that. So, uh, so this will be no different. I am, I am sure, but I wanted to, I wanted to give the, the audience here a little perspective about your journey as a leader. I mean, even, you know, we're going to talk about childhood and, and, and all that, but really like West Point on like what has shaped you as a leader and what have you gotten into from groups and people to resources that has taken you to the point where you are today? So, so, and, and may, yeah, I think, I think you're in, intentionally leaving out the childhood because that, that has a tremendous impact on everybody's leadership. But so from, from, from West Point on, um, I graduated at the top, bottom third of my class. <laughs> I, I majored too, in, in cooperation. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, that's 
So, so uh, by God's grace, man, I, I was able to graduate. I've got some incredible, incredible classmates that it was definitely a team effort to, <laughs> to help. I, I was the guy that in the group projects, I, I would, I would be the guy that went and got the food for everybody. With you right there. Or I was the typer. I was either the typer or the guy that went and got the food. So yeah, yeah. the Dean's I, other I list. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so, uh, so West Point, and you know, I was infantry. I went infantry, and you know, airborne school, ranger school, jump master school, that stuff. And then, like you said, I was in the eighty second airborne division, second brigade, first three two five, and you know, it was was blessed, man, to have some amazing leaders. And it's been really interesting because I, I keep in touch with with a lot of you know a lot of you know junior military leaders, right? So lieutenants, captains. And, and honestly, enlisted NCOs. I've got I've got friends at every rank in in the military. Up to I've got a, even a, a classmate of ours who's a, a general now, uh, oh, Scott yeah. Nauman, incredible guy. And oh yeah, w- one of the things that um, uh, that you know, again, I, I've been blessed with is is everyone starting from my first company commander, my first battalion commander, my first brigade commander, all. W- are rock star leaders. So my first mm-hmm. company commander is uh, a, a one or two star. Now my first battalion commander was the vice chief of staff of the army. Eventually, you know, became the best oh, yeah. chief of staff yeah. of the army, yeah. General Allen. And mm-hmm. then my first brigade commander. Um, well, he, he he retired as a, as an 06, but shortly after, I had a Colonel Rodriguez who was not you know since then I think lieutenant lieutenant general or general. Um, no, he was general. Yeah, commanded Africom. Yeah, there you go. Yep, big, big, mm-hmm. big hot Rod Rodriguez, Dave Rodriguez, super dude. I was his brigade air. <laughs> it was oh my goodness, man, that guy, amazing. He knew how to how to yeah. you know chew, chew you out and, and uh, make you feel good about it. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And then I had I had Colonel Scaparotti. I was his brigade air mm-hmm. as well, and you know since again, general. Oh, yeah. So. Uh, so anyway, just and oh, and then um, when I w- was a staff puke at Corps, 18th Airborne Corps for a hot minute, had a chance to interview Colonel Petraeus at the time okay. uh, on okay. leadership and 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 you yeah. know just his you know just now, now wait a minute now now uh, now so you're doing interviews as an officer. I was doing interviews at West Point, bro. I was interviewing. Okay. All right. so, so tell me, so tell me where that, so tell me where that comes from, then, because it's a little bit weird. I, I think it's a little bit odd for someone to think about saying, "Wait a second, now let me go and find out about this leader and go ask him." Like, so, one, like, can you unpack that for a second? Yeah. So now I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back, bro. I'm going back old school. I'm, okay. I'm taking us back to Simon and Garfunkel days, bro. <laughs> I'm taking us back to Cool Bo D days, a uh, uh, little, little, little uh, uh, ZZ Top days, bro. So a little Metallica here. So, um, so growing up, so my, my, uh, my mom, so my dad was a, a ER doctor, emergency room physician. Mm-hmm. And my mom was a four is a four, you know, four foot 10 little Mexican lady. And, uh, and so, so, you know, as a kid, we would pick up these kids from the children's home, little local children's home that were from the gangs from Chicago and Rockford and these inner city gangs that, you know, got pushed out of these foster homes and, and children's homes and stuff. And we'd pick them up. And my mom would, would say she'd do a little drug deal with us and say, hey, look, you guys, we will go hit DQ. You know what I'm saying? Not meaning disqualified, but Dairy Queen, what? Go <laughs> a little Dairy Queen out for church if 
you guys take a page of notes. You want to talk about incentives, bro. Motivation. I don't know if you ever heard about the love languages, uh, Drew Dini, but one of my love languages is acts of culinary service. You know what I'm saying? So, so, bro, you want to talk about inspiring a learner. Man, I was was a note-taking machine, man. I was... Every word, every phrase, man, I was getting the commas, the pauses, man, I was a note-taking machine. What a good trick. That's great. Oh, talk about incentive, man, motivation, right? And so that was was all the way through junior high. And then in high school, my dad, again, ER doc, what he would do is, so he, you know, he'd come home from these 24, you know, 48, 72-hour shifts, and he would study for two hours straight after he got back off these shifts of his medical stuff, and then he'd Mm -hmm. memorize you know, books of the Bible and stuff. And so, you know, I would just watch this stuff and he's like, Hey, Noble, listen, man, excuse me. Um, you know, you always want to make sure you're, you're, you're taking notes and you're coming up with a list of stuff. And then, so that was another thing that was modeled for me. And then, and then, um, he would always, so I still remember this, especially in high school, he would start asking me these life questions like, okay. well, you know, Noble, what do you think the meaning of life is? I'm like, Dad, I just hit puberty, bro. Like, I have no idea. Like, you know, I just learned how to drive, and I'm got a basketball game this weekend. Like, I have no meaning of life. What are you talking about? You know, and and like, what do you think about God? And what do you think about, you know, uh, uh, just a faith and just all these big, giant, deep questions. And he genuinely wanted to know. He was genuinely curious. And I'm like, wow. Like, it, it just, he just modeled for me this intellectual curiosity uh, uh-huh. that here he's got this massive brain. He literally a genius. He, he took some time off in med school and because he got burnt out at med school. And, and t- when he took his break, he went and got his pharmacy degree to, you know, on his downtime. Uh-huh. And then once he's got his pharmacy degree, then he finished up med school. Right. So just literally a genius guy. Yeah. And, um, and just this intellectual curiosity, always like, well, what about this? And well, this doesn't work. Well, how can we fix it? Right. So mm-hmm. just, I got to see this as a kid. Um, and so, and so, so both, you know, my, my mom, you know, with the note taken as a kid, my mm-hmm. dad with the intellectual curiosity that combined, um, when I hit West Point, like I was like, well, crap, I don't know what's going on. I don't know the, I don't know how to spell leadership, man. Like, let me ask these NCOs that are been leading for 15, 20 years. Let me ask these officers been leading for 15, 20 years. So dude, I was interviewing people at West Point. Like, so you identified, so, so you felt like you had a knowledge or an experience or kind of a, uh, a talent gap and you, and you, you dove into it with these skills that you learned as a kid. hundred percent. I mean, Dude, you know, I, I was terrified to be a lieutenant, right? I'm ter- I was terrified, like, man, I'm going to be an infantry platoon leader leading 40 dudes, you know, mm-hmm. potentially in combat to a live fire range. And, I, dude, I don't know beans from buckshot. Like, I, I want to make sure that I am the most prepared to lead somebody else's son and or, and or daughter mm-hmm. in, a, you know, in combat. Like, I want to get my stuff together. You know what I mean? Right. And I want to I want to come in you know, you know, extracting as much wisdom and experience from, from these, these amazing leaders that I'm so I'm literally surrounded by in college. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. And so, and so you started asking around at West Point and then even on into Lieutenant and Captain days, you were looking around for inspiring leaders and would, would you go direct fire and be like, Hey, sir, I want to talk to you. I want to, I want to ask you questions. 
Absolutely. That's right. Colonel Petraeus, hey, sir, can I take 15 minutes, 20 minutes of your time max? Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll have 10 questions for you. We, if we get to 10, great. If we get to two, great. I will not waste your time. I will be taking mad copious notes. Can I get on your calendar? Do you have 20 minutes of white space? Okay. And, okay. and, and it was either yes or no. And, you know, when they saw the look of my eyeballs, I'm like, I'm coming with questions. I got questions right now, but mm-hmm. I'll wait until we're scheduled. Like they knew I wasn't messing around. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. I was serious. That thought, so that that thought frightens people. By the way, I mean, this, I what are you that, talking about <laughs> that boldness? Like to to walk up to a, a senior leader and say, uh, you know, can I take some of your time? I want to, you know, I want to ask. I want to, you know, I mean, that's that intimidation here. We can g- get to this and something I'm going to get to talk with Michael Bungay Stanier about, you know, in the coaching habit. But that, like, I mean, wearing the rank on the chest, you know, you got the eagle, the star. I mean, that is intimidating for people sometimes to break through. But um, did you? Hey, check this out. Listen, I'm two years, two and a half years into jujitsu, yeah. and and listen, I didn't understand the protocol, right? I've been an entrepreneur for twenty some years. It, there's this protocol in jujitsu, like if you're a white belt, like people will pick to roll with you. You don't just like, you know, what I'm saying you well. I, I don't know this. I, I haven't read like the jujitsu Gracie manual on how to roll or whatever. Right. And so, dude, I, so this is how I did it. Brand new. Now this is, again, I just started a few years ago. So this wasn't like 20 some years ago, but because of my, like, because of my hunger and passion for learning and growth and all this kind of stuff, it is so funny, man. White belt. I don't, I literally have no, I didn't wrestle. I did Taekwondo, but that's nothing like jujitsu. Anyway, I would go up to the biggest, baddest dudes, black belts. Hey, sir. Hey, can we roll? <laughs> right? You're not supposed to do that. But I didn't know, right? No one briefed me. And they're like, yeah. uh, well, okay. You know, yeah. They would humor me. But, but I, you know, it's like, it's like, dude, like I want the, I want the skinny. There's a great chapter, Proverbs chapter two or Proverbs chapter four, where it talked about pursuing wisdom as if you're pursuing hidden treasure, mm-hmm. right? How am I going to go after hidden treasure? I'm going after it, right? I'm, I want, and, and, yeah. and, and actually the, the, the cool thing is what's the, the, one of the greatest things to pursue is wisdom, right? Big Solomon, Ranger Solomon from back in the old school days, when God said, you know, did the old genie in the bot- bottle, put a little Aladdin on him, whiz bang, what do you want to be? What do you want to have? He could have said Rolls Royce, Wraith, you know what I mean? He could have said mm-hmm. airborne ranger of the planet. No, he said, I want wisdom. Wisdom, yeah. yeah. Right? Boom. And so yeah. for me, and, and I and I'm I'm painfully aware of all the stuff that I don't know. I mean, think dude, think about how much stuff is out there uh, 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 about leadership, yeah. about yeah. pick a topic, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So two two things that makes me <clears throat> think about first when we're here at the, at the national training center, you know, going through and brigades come down and they do their training. Some of the, uh, advice and, and, and coaching we give the leaders ahead of time is to tell them, um, and really general Kaufman, who was on this, who was on the podcast, the, the first season, he really brought this up. He says, find those weaknesses, those talent, those knowledge gaps and embrace them, right? Like attack them. You know, you don't know how to do a combined arms, uh, breach go like you've never been, um, you know, you've never done a defense maybe as a platoon leader, company commander, uh, dig in, figure out the doctrine, you know, get the reps with your staff and like, and embrace it instead of kind of shying away from it, you know, fan, fantastic advice. But secondly, like, okay, so for this, uh, and we're going to, we're going to circle back eventually, but we got some, there's some good stuff here. So, so 
it, it kind of goes into the mentorship piece. Did you ever have a leader, uh, a senior leader who was like, no, I'm not going to answer your questions. Like, I'm not going to talk about that. Great question. And so, no, what I did get was I don't have, I don't have time. Mm -hmm. So, so like, Hey Noble, you know, I'm absolutely willing to sit down with you, but like three months from now, yeah, okay. you know what I mean? So, yeah. which is one of my beefs of the, of the military, of the army. Uh, if, if you are fortunate and now again, I was in 20 years ago, so this may have all changed. Army may be gangster or mentorship right now, but I doubt it. Um, if you were fortunate to have an officer or an NCO who intentionally took you under their wing to legit mentor you, it was one in a million, mm -hmm. okay. right? Okay. Or, or unless you, you know, you pursued, right? So now again, here's, here's a caveat. My, my, so my battalion commander, again, amazing guy, amazing leader, but you know, and he did an OPD office development once a quarter, man, I would have loved to get some more time with him. But again, battalion commanders, not a whole lot of free time, yeah. not sitting around yeah. playing solitaire. Fortunately, my company commander, we had a daily morning OPD, if you will, with our company commander. And as a learner, man, I ate that up. I, I hate, you know, I'm, I'm not a morning guy, so I hated getting up at zero dark ridiculous, but that's what you do in the military. But dude, the, the wisdom that I was getting from this, you know, this, you know, captain um, was, was, you know, trumped my, my like, dude, I don't want to be up this early, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so, so that was really cool. So I, I did. So what I did get sometimes was, Hey man, I, I just, I'm too busy. I don't have that kind of time, but you know, maybe in the next quarter or something like that. But I never got like, screw you, dude. You know, why are you wanting to learn more about leadership? Right. Cause then it's like, are you serious? Like, this is what we do in the army. Like exactly. Right. You know I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've seen, I've seen similar. And I think that speaks to the little bit of the overcoming the fear that people have about reaching up to a, to a more senior you know, person. I mean, they're ready to invest. They they want to invest and 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 give back. Um, but one thing is, like, I was going to get it from somebody. So if I got denied from my battalion commander or my brigade, like, I'm going to find somebody. There's going to be some colonel, some battalion commander, some sergeant major, some first sergeant out there, some platoon sergeant. Somebody is going to give me time. I'm going to keep knocking on doors until somebody is going to give me time. Uh, you know, and then of course that's where you start building your leadership file. Right, because here's another thing too, and I'm not gonna—I don't want to take this to where you don't want it to go. But a couple things that tremendously impact people's leadership, your personality tremendously impacts how you view the world, how you view everything. Number one, number two is your emotional intelligence tremendously impacts how you view the world. And there's a lot of other things too, but just suffice to say, those two things tremendously impact yeah, you know, yeah. a lot of stuff. So I like to go and get as many different people and, and ranks as possible to help make, help me fill my leadership puzzle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, so leadership puzzle, you're building it, you're, you're a lieutenant, you're a captain, you're kind of making decisions about staying in the military or not. Uh, and you, you know, you're figuring out what it means to really be a leader. You got your platoon leader experience and your staff. And, um, and so as you, as you go through this transformation into becoming a, you know, a junior leader and a more, uh, and a more grounded leader, I guess, what are, what are some of the, the, 
you know, what are some of the, I guess, intellectual or I guess knowledge, uh, you know, gates or circles or pools of, uh, of stuff that you got into? You mentioned personality, you mentioned emotional intelligence, uh, you know, John Maxwell is big, uh, you know, for, you know, for, for folks like us. So, so what, what has been that journey? So, so I was blessed to, to, um, uh, you know, run into a, a, a guy who was really big on, on development and, and personal and professional development. And again, as a learner, that was like crack to me because like, I, I can't learn enough. Like I'm constantly reading and, 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 and watching Ted talks and YouTube videos and podcasts and podcasts and all kind of, right. It's, I can't get enough right since, and again, from my childhood. So, so that opened my door to like, Oh snap, because here's the thing, right? So I, we homeschool with a program called classical conversations and I love it because we chose the homeschool because uh, you know, I'm, we're again, been entrepreneurs for 20 some years. And, and it's funny because homeschool, what homeschooling is to education, entrepreneurship is to business, which is also what's, you know, special operations is to the conventional military. Okay. Okay. Right? It's all out of the box stuff. Right. So, which I love, right? As an entrepreneur, I don't, don't, I don't want a box. Don't, I don't want a box. I want to build my own deal. Right. And so, and so when he exposed me to this whole like world of learning, um, which, which just was very fortuitous in my own learning journey as a kid, which I already told you about, I, I, you know, I, I jumped on it. So I started to realize, cause here's the thing. Okay. This is what I was going to say about the whole homeschooling piece. So we use this program called classical conversations. Well, they use a classical approach to learning, which means we teach in our kid with our kid, the tools to learn, not what to learn, how to learn. Okay. okay. So you think about it from a leader perspective, especially dude, as we move into, you know, artificial intelligence and all this stuff, dude, it's not like, what, by the time you're sophomore year in college, it's already outdated, right? So the, the ability to learn and the capacity to learn is more critical than what you actually know right now. And right. so so that's what the beauty of this classical model. Anyway, so my point is, so let me go back to, 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 to hit you with something is, you, you know, you, you said, you know, to develop your leadership file and your leadership puzzle and all this stuff. Well, here's the thing, dude. One of the things in the classical model, it's called the five common topics during, in, in, the, in the dialectic stage, which is the second stage of learning. Excuse me. One of the, the parts of, of this five common topics is define your terms. So what, what is a leader? What does that even mean? What is a good leader, mm-hmm. right? If you went to 10 brigade commanders and said, define leadership, I would almost argue that you're going to have 10 different answers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because you, unless, I mean, I know the army's graded indoctrination and stuff like that, but I, I would argue it's, you know, you'd have 10 different definitions. Yeah. And so, so for me early on, thank I was so thankful to get exposed to, you know, strengths finder, strengths finder 2.0 mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, personality plus is another resource that I, that I've been, I know there's Myers Briggs and all these little fancy and Neagram and all these fancy things. I just keep it simple. My infantry guy, I like to keep it simple. So personality plus strengths finder. Uh, uh, there's a book called shape S H A P E strengths, uh, heart 
uh, attitude, personality, and experience. Um, Love languages is another one, Mm -hmm. is a great tool. So, and what I did was as a platoon leader, I literally had for every every soldier in my in my in my platoon, I had a card with all this stuff, their personality, their strengths, their love languages, you know what I mean? And and, and right. I because we're all different. I, and I know we treat everyone like you know the same, but we're all different people, unique mm-hmm. human beings. So I wanted to really tailor my, my leadership and not just do one size, say, hey, you guys all need to fit to me. I wanted to get to know these guys on different levels. Okay, so you, you use the tools you were reading about and using to first really assess yourself and expose you know some things about yourself, but then turn around and use that in your you know on your team so that you can understand them a little bit better and tailor that 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 leadership experience, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and you you said you you brushed through a very critical point that I that I missed that is critical. Drew is in my opinion to be as effective leader as possible, it's critical to grow in the area of self-awareness. Mm-hmm. So what are your own, like you said, you call it, I think you should call it knowledge gaps. What are your strengths and weaknesses? Where's, what is, what's your personality? What are your love languages? Where's mm-hmm. your emotional intelligence at? Where, right? John Maxwell says, you know, number one responsibility of a leader, identify reality, right? Where are you at on the map? You got to figure out where are you at on the map before you can figure out where you're trying to go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. <clears throat> so you're going, so you're adding these, you know, you're, you're getting exposed to, to leaders and mentors and adding these resources and having these experiences. Um, and you build and build. So fast forward 18 years. So fast forward 20 years to present day or to present weeks, you know, as it were. So, and you and I have already talked a little bit about this, but what are you seeing now about, your, your the the leader you have become and then how it was formed and then how that compares to maybe what the roots really may be are you ready <laughs> are you are you <laughs> i wouldn't have asked unless i knew it was coming <laughs> we're, we're, you're about to take the blue pill bro we're about to go 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 matrix up uh here oh, so so here's what's crazy man so i have actively intentionally been pursuing wisdom and specifically in the area of leadership for for over two decades now yeah, yeah. hundreds and hundreds of books hundreds of interviews you know etc 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 and here's what's fascinating now this topic i'm about to drop here uh is not new it is becoming a hotter and hotter topic mm-hmm. Fortunately, I, you know, and it's all fun and games until it applies to you. So, and and it's the topic of emotional intelligence. So I, 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 you know, dude, I didn't even realize this concept of emotions and feelings existed until probably about five years ago. And we started my, my awesome wife and I started intensely working on this stuff two to three years ago. But I, and, and, and I'm not trying to sound naive about what you call it, whatever it is. I don't care. I literally did not even feel that they were cuss words as far as I was concerned. Yeah. How yeah. do you feel about leadership? How do you feel about this OER or this officer evaluation report? How do you yeah. feel about yeah. this, this, you know, uh, you know, company X of Valor? I like feel like I feel yeah. fine. Do, do, you, do you think you were pursuing like the formula that is leadership almost like the toolkits and like, what are the things that make up a good leader? Is 100%. That what you're 
Yeah. It was a 100% two dimensional for me. Okay. If I do this, I will get this result. Yeah. Right. Totally doing before being totally did not even consider the concept. And, you know, and I even, you know, man, back in my days, that was the model, right? The, the, that was the, the motto be mm-hmm. no do. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, cheesy army, you know, marketing spiel, whatever. Yeah. Well, now it's like, oh, snap. No, that's it's who before do be before do. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, it sounds cheesy, sounds warm, fuzzy, but here's the deal. Here is the deal. True or not true, your performance is impacted by a good or a bad leader, however you define those terms. Mm-hmm. 100%. Mm-hmm. 100%. Man, I, I love the infantry until I got to brigade staff and, and I had this, I won't get to details in case this dude ever watches this, but he, this guy, it was like, like what he cared about was what direction the airplanes flew across the PowerPoint slide. Like hours. Oh, it's the wrong angle. They got to be. And I'm like, am I, am I getting punked right now? Is this, are we seriously spending? I'm dude. It's, it's nine. It's 2100. It's nine o'clock at night. You know, what am I like? Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. Right. And so it's like, it's a freaking PowerPoint. I don't think the CG is going to, and if he does, this is the wrong CG, man. You know what I mean? If that CG cares about the color of my slides or what direction the airplanes flow, dude, we have lost our leadership stinking center of mass. You know what I'm saying? So when I started to work on and become aware of this concept called EQ, emotional intelligence, um, uh, it, it, it changed everything true so it literally took leadership for me from two-dimensional to three-dimensional i realized so and and here again going back to childhood right my my, one of the things so as an executive coach one of the things i realized is that that i've realized that i've realized is and i'm talking this is not anecdotal i'm not talking i've had two clients i'm talking you know 75 to 100 clients from the ages of 16 to, to to nearly 70 from making 30,000 a year to multimillionaires, mm-hmm. 100% of adults that I have, that I have invested in exhibit behaviors as an adult, 100% as a result of their childhood. Now, now not, not, not all of our behaviors as an adult, but there are some behaviors as an adult that 100% have come from our childhood. Okay. Directly connected to what we directly, do. directly connected. So as a leader, is that good or is that bad? Yeah. Is that do you are you even aware of that? Are you even aware of how your childhood is affecting you today mm-hmm. as a leader, as a husband, as a father, as a parent, as a brother, sister, uncle, all that stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Are you even aware of, of of how you're being impacted and limited, right? The lymphacts, right? Limiting factors uh, uh, as a result of your childhood. And for me, as a leader. I don't want to be a two-dimensional leader. I want to be a three-dimensional mm-hmm. leader that that is as effective as possible at at um, at leading, at mm-hmm. impacting others in a positive way. And the reality is, here's the, the reality, Drew Gini. The reality is, Lottie Dottie, everybody has feelings and emotions. Mm-hmm. 
So why don't we, but you tell me how many leaders in the military are even aware of that facet of leadership. And, it, and here's the thing, emotions and feelings impact everybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yet but we don't. I mean, it's been a lot of the basis of the recent conversation in recent years on toxic leadership, right? Which now we call counterproductive leadership is what the army, you know, what the army calls it. Um, but that's, that's the, that's the foundation of that is, be, is that people have a bad, you know, workplace culture or experience. And it, it that, that comes from an emotional side that doesn't come from a, a process side. You, you don't, you don't get a toxic environment because a staff process isn't working or a command process isn't working. You get it because a leader is belittling and demeaning and being counterproductive for the experience that everybody wants to have, you know? That's right. Or they're, or they're a narcissistic leader Yeah. yeah. or they're, or they're not self-aware, right? There's another book called emotional intelligence 2.0 that talks about the, there's four aspects of, of emotional intelligence. And, and that's just kind of like an intro to, emotional intelligence. It's good. It's good, but it's kind of an intro to it. And, um, you know, one of those is being self-aware. One of those is being others aware. You know, this is another big one. Uh, How many leaders are in in military, not military, corporate America, military, how many leaders are even aware of their impact on other people? But it takes self-awareness to even, to even have that conversation with yourself, to even you know what I mean? How am I impacting right. you? How do I? How am I impacting my my peers, my subordinates, my superiors? You know yeah. what I mean? And then to ask, right? And then to say, uh, "Hey, Noble, like I, I, I'm, I've been your leader for about you know your commander for six months here. What's it like to work for me? <laughs> you know." But see, but dude, one hundred percent. But here's the thing, though, Drew. You may you may be able to ask that, but if the current culture is not supportive, they will never tell you the honest answer. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, Mick, Colonel Stedman, you're the most amazing leader. But to their E4 mafia, they're like, that guy's a straight bonehead. Yeah. So yeah. you may have the courage to ask that question as a big cheese Colonel Stedman. But dude, the, the culture that I came from, there is no way that a junior leader is going to give their superior the uh, actual yeah. honest answer to that. Yeah, that is, uh, <laughs> that hits a vulnerable spot. Because, <clears throat> because uh, that happened. I mean, uh, you know, in, in battalion command, you know, you, you, I thought that I did a, a not a terrible job at asking for, for feedback. And maybe I was even blind about that, but you know, we, I was certainly, you know, made it clear that, you know, I had an open door would have conversations with You know, anybody in every rank just about at any time. Um, but then, but then old command climate survey comes around, you know, and you, and you read things that people wouldn't say, you know, to your, you know, to your face, even if you asked them directly. And so that level of insight, uh, it hurts. You know, it, it, it hurts and that and and it, it could be because it's uh, more more truthful, perhaps maybe it's, you know, what a strain of folks feel in the in, in the formation. I think a lot of it represented uh, it represented this area that I number one, I had no idea. Uh, nobody nobody exposed me to the issue, um, which is another point I'll get to in a second. Nobody nobody exposed it to me. And, and let me know, which I would have corrected or, or reoriented on. Um, but the other thing is that is I was kind of I, I was really let down by the fact that people had this experience while in the unit under my command, and they had a bad experience, and I I 
couldn't and didn't and wasn't able to do anything about it, right? Because either because I didn't know or just because I didn't know my own effect as a leader, right? So they had a bad experience and I wasn't able to, you know, to affect it. Um, but there's a, and there's a point here too, which is a, which is a call to action really in regards to mutual trust. And I've been having a conversation, uh, a couple of conversations about this, um, with some, some, uh, peers of mine and we're, um, <clears throat> you know, identifying this, this, this need for not only for, um, you know, for, for leader development down, right. We always know that like the, 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 the senior, develops a junior, like that's the model. I mean, we, you know, we got that, right? But there's also this development back up the chain, right? Like there's there's no senior leader development without a pool of junior leaders. And so they are an active, functioning, living, breathing part of that senior leader's development. I mean, I stepped into battalion command, had never been a battalion commander before, right? And so I didn't have all the answers. So those, you know, lieutenants, captains, NCOs were part of my own leader development. And I think junior leaders need to take responsibility for that as, and, and actually wear it as a badge of honor to say, I get to be part of this CSMs or colonels or generals own leader development at his or her level and be an active and a constructive part of that. And, and sometimes that means closing the door and saying, Hey, sir, or ma'am, um, you know, you said this, it kind of came out like this and this is how I heard it. And I think you need to know so that you grow on to be a better and more effective leader. You know, but there's a, that's a responsibility that I think subordinates have as well. Uh, so, okay. I just had a conversation with someone else in leadership about this. So, so I, I love, I conceptually, I, I love what you're saying. There is no doubt in my opinion that junior leaders, you know, subordinates, whatever you want to call them, should be a part of a leader's feedback loop. Yeah, yeah. They should be. Yeah, yeah. It, in my opinion, it is the responsibility of the leader to set the culture 100%, to yeah. allow that to happen. Yeah, yeah, okay? absolutely. Yeah. Now, because because I, I have I have played that game before, provided feedback safely, appropriately, professionally, yeah. respectfully, and it's because because what happens is nine times out of nine and a half is it's immediate defensiveness and if that's your response that and again assuming that i did it safely respectfully professionally appropriately yeah, yeah. Th- then and your and your immediate response is defensiveness i'm 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 done i'm mm-hmm. not wasting my time anymore right so again it's a, it's the in my opinion it's a leader's responsibility to set the culture to allow or feedback. Now, you also may, as a leader, in this process of setting up the culture, need to do some coaching and mentoring, some training mm-hmm. on what does appropriate, respectful, professional, yeah, safe right, right. feedback look like, mm-hmm. right, and, and sound like. Because I don't think the army's good at that. Yeah, I don't think yeah. most organizations are good at that. Yeah, by right literally now. giving them the words and saying, you can give me feedback by using these specific words. A hundred percent, literally a script. Yeah. yeah. Here's the script. Yeah. So, and I've got some great things for that too, but that's, right. so, so here's something else, Drew, is, you know, you, you said something that is, is a, I feel like a, a, a DP, right? A decisive point in this, this learning feedback mechanism you said when you first heard it, it hurt. Okay, why? It's important to do the emotional work to ask yourself, really, truly, 
what was it about that feedback that hurt? Right. Assuming again, assuming they didn't punch you in the face. Right. So, so because there, there's true, right. You, you know, you, it, the feedback has got to be safe, professional, appropriate, respectful, yeah. right. Assuming it's those four things. Why did you respond that way? Right. And you said, well, you know, you weren't aware of it. Okay. That's one thing, but even, but again, you hurt is an emotion. That's not uh, that's an emotion. So, so assuming that it was delivered appropriately, like for me, and there's a state, there's a, a, a powerful, powerful book on, 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 on something called crucial. It's called crucial conversations. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most powerful books on, on dealing with conflict, handling conflict, having crucial conversations that I've ever read in my life. Okay. And as long as the end goal is to seek truth and become a better leader, there should be no pain. What? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Cause it's, it's just information. It's, it's, it's new information okay. that I didn't have before, but, 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 but you, and I'm not trying to bust you, but, but yeah. cause most people respond that way. Most people are hurt yeah. by truth. And, and I think as a leader, it's our responsibility to really, well, why, why did that hurt me? Right. Do that emotional work to find out because if, if that's your response, if, if getting truth, if, 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 if you have pain associated with truth, guess what, right? The culture of your feedback loop is, hey, man, give me feedback, which is code for, tell me I'm a great leader, right? That's what, you know, that's what folks, a lot of times what they really mean, or, or even when they receive in the commander's guidance and the, the, in writing and all this stuff, however they, they present it, what they'll do is, Dude, I've seen this. I've seen this. So I'm not blowing smoke. Mm-hmm. They will they will come up in their own mind with defensive points on why those bullet points aren't true. Okay. Right. Yeah. They will defend. They will build their own case, their own right. Fort Knox, yeah. their own emotional Fort Knox. Well, you know, this guy he just misunderstood where I was coming. Right. I have seen that a thousand times. Okay. Okay. So as if to characterize each of those inputs and put them in a frame that's maybe not as, as, as hurtful or maybe not as, uh, you know, I mean, you, you put a caveat around it so that, um, you, you can absorb it. I mean, what, you know, I mean, is, is the pain a good thing? Like when you, when you, when you, when you send something where maybe you're not reaching the mark as a leader, I mean, where does the emotional intelligence fit in? Well, so, so dude, it's so in my opinion, your emotional intelligence allows you to receive it or not receive it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, so again, if you associate pain, see for me, I, for me, it's, it's, um, I, I seek it out. Like it's like jujitsu. If I'm doing a move wrong, tell me I'm doing the move wrong. I don't want to continue like, well, you know, well, you know, I, I, I want to protect my white belt status and, and you know, I want to, you know, you know what I mean? Like, no, like for me as a learner, I value feedback like, dude, like there's no pain for me. Like it, for me, it's pleasure. It's like crack. I'm addicted to, I don't say addicted. Cause that's, that's also inappropriate, emotional, uh, a lack of boundaries. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying I'm, a, I don't want to say I'm addicted to, to, to that, but for me, it's a positive experience when someone says, well, noble, um, so this is a way. So now I'm going to give you a couple, a couple ways to approach okay. this is so, Hey Drew, 
uh, during our last command and staff meeting, you know, as at one of your uh, battalion commanders, um, can, can you, I, I just, I want to, I want to understand where you're coming from. Totally safe. You don't feel threatened. Mm-hmm. You don't feel attacked. You don't feel, hey, hey, uh, Colonel Stebman, hey, this last command and staff, when, when you said this, I, I just want to better understand where you're coming from. Can, can you just unpack that a little bit for me? I'm not sure if I if I'm a hundred percent on 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 what you were saying there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And now I'm, I'm genuinely seeking to understand. And now I could be like, oh, okay, now that totally makes sense. Or I could be like, okay, so hey, sir, so so can I? Do you mind if I ask you a couple questions about that? Mm-hmm. Right. Safe. I'm I'm getting your permission. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You right. mind if I ask you a couple questions? Hey, uh, absolutely, Colonel Gibbons. You know what? What do you got for me? Oh, okay, sir. So, you know, okay. So, thank you for kind of helping me, you know, unpack that your commander's guidance there. Um, so, knowing that your your you know medal is this, right? Your 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 command priorities are one, two, and three. Can you just help me understand how does what you just unpacked for me fit into? your three main commander's guidance points, right? Can you kind of help me make that? So, and you're kind of seeing what I'm doing here. It's all through questions. Yeah. It's all through questions. Now I'm taking you where I want to take you, right? So I, I've got a point <laughs> where, where I'm, I'm trying to, I, I want you to see, but I also, there could be some area that I, I may not fully understand too, yeah, right? Sure. Because you have a different perspective, obviously, than I do as a battalion commander, your brigade commander. You've got a much macro perspective of the, of the quote-unquote battlefield than I do. And so, but my point is, by asking strategic, intentional, and tactical questions, it's a, that's a lot less threatening to people than just saying, hey, Colonel yeah. Stedman, you were completely jacked up right. at your last staff meeting. Now, here's right. the deal. Right. Here's the deal. That's a lot quicker, but it doesn't develop either, either one of our thought processes. Sure, sure. Or starting with, uh, can I give you some feedback? You know, whether going down or or up, right? Like you hear feedback and it's like defensive, like you're kind of ready to, you know, to, to spar, right? Yeah, this is an inquisitive approach to uh, to, to going about it. And that could, that can be important for people because saying, uh, can you help me, sir? Can you help me understand this is a lot easier it's a lot lower threshold to get over than sir i need to give you feedback about how you're a bad leader <laughs> you know you know it could be it's it's that's a lot easier for for uh for you know for junior leaders to maybe bridge that gap i think yeah yeah 100 percent. the other dynamic too drew it, so in, in in coaching and mentoring your 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 team your you know your your leadership team so to speak on how to provide effective feedback that's safe appropriate respectful and and uh uh, professional and stuff. Um, the the mm-hmm. other piece of that, so that's one big <clears throat> big piece. Of that now there's other questions that you can ask. I got a lot of a lot of those questions and stuff. A lot of ways to kind of coach that and that kind of thing. But but another thing is is to is to mental again. This is where emotional intelligence comes in. Is 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 do the emotional work behind receiving feedback period for you because. Okay, you could do one side of, okay, I've prepped my team. The only kind of feedback I'm ever going to get going forward, let's, again, in, in uh, um, um, fantasy land, right, just, but just is, is, is safe and it's going to, you know, non-threatening, all this stuff, right? 
So, okay, took care of that. Well, the other half of that coin is you got to prep yourself. Like, are you ready to receive safe, appropriate, professional, constructive feedback? Yeah. Right? Are you, are you, are you even mentally and emotionally prepared to receive that? And, and here's my, this is my sign. One of my red flags of, of someone's emotional intelligence is, again, assuming the feedback is all those things I said, safe, professional, appropriate, respectful. If, if the immediate response is defensiveness, that's a sign of low EQ for me. Okay. Okay. So if they get back on their heels, they're not ready. Nope. And, and, and dude, I've had, I can't tell you how many people I've had. No, but just give me the truth, man. Give me the truth. And I know based on watching them and their, again, their emotional intelligence, they are actually wanting to just tell me, no, but just, just can you just it. tell me I'm a good leader? Tell me I'm the man. Tell me I'm the woman. Yeah. Tell me yeah. I've got my poop yeah. in a group. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there, there's an, this goes in line with a conversation uh, I've been having with a really good uh, friend of mine about this. And she said that it helps to have this conversation if you can place the reason for it or place the, the, the motivator or the, the, the driver it somewhere, somewhere else. So if you, if you can keep the unit, if you can keep the, the nation's security, if you can keep the, the greater army as your motivator, right? Like I, you, a leader, you need to hear this feedback because our unit deserves great leadership, right? You, you place the ideal outside of the conversation between these two leaders and it takes on a whole different meaning then like I'm doing this, I'm having this conversation, not for you or for me. I mean, partly we're going to grow, but the unit, the, the unit needs you to stop leading in this way so that we can be more effective, ready and lethal. Right. So, so, <coughs> excuse me. So yes, which, which one of the other reasons why people, you know, many, I would say, I would almost argue most people have a very tough time with receiving feedback is because their identity is their rank is their position is their is what they do and they can't separate their identity from this role or position and so it's immediately any kind of feedback constructive positive safe not safe whatever is a threat to their core value as a as a human being that's right. Was it? It was Colin Powell, right? Like never let your ego get so close to your position. Then when your position goes, your ego goes with it, right? Uh, and and one thing, one thing that I, I've learned in recent years is that when you walk in a room, that rank precedes you. It's first thing on your chest. It's first thing you see. You win every argument in your in your command, right? Fifty one percent of the vote. You can walk in, decide and walk out and nobody can say anything essentially. So, and so how do you break that down so that you bring out the, the most in the team, right? The, the most effective. Um, but yeah, that identity, are you, are you, uh, are you that rank first? Are you, uh, an emotionally intelligent leader first? Are you, um, you know, an enabling leader? Are you a coach? You know, all those, all those things mash up. So, so let me ask you then. So you mentioned in the video, um, and I want to ask you about the the the, um, the 360 uh, movement here also because that's it, a it's an incredible initiative. But I want you to explain that in a second. But on on one of the videos you shared that I saw this week, um, you talked about authentic leadership and finding your own voice. 
kind of as a as a response to this journey that you're on about emotionally intelligent leadership. So what should we do with all of all of the the stuff that gets thrown at us, including the military leader, right? Like I'm putting out content and podcasts and we have leaders that, you know, share insight. So so how can people be discerning with that input so that and still find their authentic leadership voice? Excellent. So excellent excellent question. And yeah, you know, one of the things, so in that video that you saw, I think it was on my Facebook page, uh, that, that, that I'm going through, I am going through, so I'm, 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 I'm probably in my, the beginning of my third quarter, right, of my life. And what's crazy is because I have never been aware of emotions and feelings and all that stuff, I, and and because I am a recovering people pleaser addict, I took everything that West Point told me, that all the books that they told me to read, that the colonels and generals and and E sevens and SAR majors and first SAR, all these people in the eighty second, uh, uh, in the different organizations I've been a part of, I took what they told me as the gospel. The gospel according to West Point, the gospel according to the 82nd, the gospel according to whatever, right? These different organizations. And and now as I'm becoming more and more emotionally healthy and aware and self-aware, I'm realizing, snap, what's my definition of leadership? How does Noble define it? Because in the past, I would say, well, uh, 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 the, the definition of leadership is, you know, I bust out Schofield, you know, I bust out not Schofield's definition of leather. <laughs> That's an old school. I'd bust out some patent quote or I'd bust yeah. out some quote I learned from West Point or because that's the, uh, you know, societal approved leadership or John Maxwell quote or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jim Collins or whoever, right? I'm, I'm guilty. I do that. Yep. I, I'm guilty. Yeah. And so, 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 you know, so boom. So after all this emotional growth, emotional journey, emotional healing, and and and, and this whole all this whole process we've been through, and and I was in the middle of reading Above the Line by Urban Meyer, and he's got you know he's got a couple really neat. He's a big football coach. He just retired, I think, and he you know so he's got all these these kind of these neat, very simple, but effective leadership tools that he's got that he's used and developed and stuff. And it just hit me because it was my first. It was my first real leadership book. I, I, you know, I'm a crazy reader, but it was my first, like, you know, kind of quote unquote textbook leadership book that that I had that I had read in the middle of this the emotional journey that I'm on, and I'm like, and it just it, it just hit me like a Mack truck. I'm like, well, what what's my leadership philosophy? What are my leadership tools and systems? And like, I could recite to you MDMP and OODA loop and. I can, you know, uh, you know, op order. I can recite all this, these other tools that have been handed to me, but how, like, what is my, based on my strengths, my weaknesses, my personality, my experiences, my heart, my love languages, my worldview, my, right. All this, my biblical, I'm a, I'm a Christian. So what might, you know, biblically, like what is Noble's definition of leadership? And that has really caused me to to do some soul searching. And here's something else that most people, many, many, many leaders do not take the time to do, which I feel is one of the most powerful leadership tools, in my opinion, is reflection time. How often do you intentionally sit in a room in your favorite chair, locked in the room by yourself, 
and, and take heck 15 minutes 30 minutes 10 minutes and just reflect. seconds i can tell you i can tell you right now the answer is zero <laughs> And I think I could uh, I can speak for if there's any you know folks uh, you know listening to this there theirs is probably zero too and it's only gotten worse recently with how much we can get connected to right well and and, the, and here's the other reality is the higher you go up it's like the less time you have right more and here's the the irony of of baller leadership right of the higher up you go the the irony is more people actually own you. Right. Because now, you know, of course, the, the other way to say it is, well, I'm responsible for more people. Right. That's one way to say it. But the other way is, dude, you're owned by a whole lot more people. Right. You, have, you just got a greater responsibility. Right. Great, da, da, da. And so pretty soon you, your personal time becomes less and less. And in my opinion, so you, you just and I appreciate your transparency, Drew, that is dangerous for a leader to get to a spot where you are not you know, feeding yourself. Now, I'm not saying that you're not, obviously you're growing, clearly you're a hardcore grower and learner. So that's, but I feel like one of those key parts of emotional intelligence to continue to grow and find your own voice to back to answering your question is you have to schedule in reflection time. You have to. Yeah. When you said feeding yourself, uh, because those, those resources and other people are feeding you, but they're, what you're talking about is the aspect of you providing, you know, the, the input for yourself to digest, right? You feel something, you hear something, and then you take it down to its core elements. Why do I feel this way? Why do I care about this? Why is this an emotional touch point for me? Do you even know your own voice, Drew? Would you even know your own voice if you heard yourself talking right in your, you know I'm saying in in that quiet time, in that reflection time, yeah, yeah. Or is it just like, oh, this is you know FM one, you know ten dash one, you know whatever. Like, it's just all you're you're being. Or is oh, this is Simon Sinek, or this is this is my command. Like, yeah, but what's you, what are you saying, right? Yeah. And, and and then for those of us with faith background, like, what's God saying to you? So if you're not taking that reflection time, you're not getting input from yourself or from God, right? If you've got a faith yeah. background, so. I feel like that's a critical, critical point. And schedule it, right? Schedule it and, and it, it make it a non-negotiable, you know, man, and I would even recommend five to 10 minutes a day, right? And, and, and a buddy of mine, an SF guy taught me this, and I think it's it's powerful, five minutes a day, and, and then you can do like 30 minutes for, you know, for the week or an hour for the week, whatever you feel like you can fit in, but five minutes for the day, close the door, lock it, five minutes, set the alarm, and, and he, he called it a rap session, R-A-P, review the past, analyze the present, plan for tomorrow. Review the past, analyze the present, plan for tomorrow. Um, yeah. right, there's, there's, a ton, there's a thousand different ways to yeah. do it. That, just yeah. one little system, take five minutes, but just reflect. Right, what am I thinking about today? What's on my heart today? You know, what, what did I learn about leadership today? What did I learn about being a good follower today? What did I, you know, you know what I mean? There's a thousand yeah. little systems that you could do. I love your idea. I saw, I think it was a, a post or something where, where you had a, 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 a your, you know, your three questions that day, right? Yeah. Just taking that time, five minutes, 10 minutes, lock yourself in the room, reflect journal is also part of that. In my yeah, opinion, right, journaling. right. Okay. Okay. So where do we, so, so where do you bring this down to then? I mean, it's really what you're identifying is your, your leadership DNA, right? What are the things that are yours and yours only fed by other things, but what is your core? So how do you whittle that down? I mean, are we talking about a, a leadership statement? Are we talking about a, you know, a philosophy or, you know, how do you, how, how do you, how do you know when you're there? Excellent question. So, so there's, a, I'm going to tell you a fun game I like to play. Uh, uh, this may not be 
positive thing, but it, I like playing it. But I like asking people, hey, hey, Drew, tell me your story, right? If I met you at the GM or whatever, if we got a few minutes to, to chat, right. Drew, tell me your story, right? And I, and, and, and I, and a lot of times I'll get, well, well like, well, what do you mean? Like, well, no, just tell me about yourself. So I won't even lead you, right? Oh, well, just tell me like post-college or I want to see where you start. Yeah, yeah. I want to see where you start and, and then I'll let you go, right? Let you go. And then I like to ask, hey, Drew, what are some of your core values? And what I want to see is, does your story line up with the core values that you told me? Because the reality is you will have told me your core values in your story, and I will be able to assess whether or not they actually line up, right? Because what I found in a lot of leaders, they say, so again, this is emotional intelligence. Intellectually and maybe emotionally, they want their core values to be, you know, oh, well, you know, my faith, my family, da da Listen, if you don't make your family a priority, that's what I tell people. Show me your, your financial budget and your time budget, and I'll tell you what your actual core values are. Wow. Well, well no, no, family's important to me. And, and, and you see them 15 minutes a week? No, 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 no. Family's not important to you. Yeah. That kernel and your rating is, is what's really important to you. Your family is actually not important to you, right? Because your yeah. actions speak so loudly, I can't hear what you say, right? Cheesy quote, but it's true. Right, right, right. Okay. So, so, so anyways, so that's one thing. The other thing too uh, is so to, to, so that's one little thing so I like your, to your do. story then, your 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 you know how you define yourself, your story, like how how you see yourself is one aspect of that, right? Okay. Yeah. So you know, your core values, right? Your actual core values, not what yeah. you want them to be, but your actual ones. Mm-hmm. So and I think that's helpful to do a time budget and, and a financial budget. And well, there's another one too, a habit budget, right? Write down your habits. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's another one too, yeah. right? So the other thing too is absolutely, I feel like, so I've got a mission statement. So my mission statement to positively impact millions of people for the kingdom of God, to positively influence the influencers, to help the, uh, uh, the next generation be patriotic world changers, to love the Lord, their God with other heart, mind, soul, spirit, and body, and to help hungry people identify and pursue their purpose in life. That's my mission statement. You know, it's a kind of a five-fold mission statement. And, and that's, it's been a process. It's taken, and I've got a video on that too, on kind of how I developed that and the importance of a mission statement. But, but, but here's the thing though, again, does that accurately reflect your life? It's one thing to come up with this cool. So, so one thing I would say is it's a process to come up with your mission statement. So it's not going to, not going to sit down five minutes, boom. Now I think it's cool to start that way. Go ahead and Write one out and, and then now kind of play with it, massage it, mold it, shape it da, 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 over the course of your, of your life. But just kind of ask yourself, does this mission statement now look back over the course of a year, five years, 10 years, does this mission statement accurately reflect my life? Not what you want it to be, but does it accurately? Now, obviously, you can include in there what you want it to be as well. But And, and then once you have that, once you start to develop that, you really got to now, now where is another kind of DP decisive point is, 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 is how much of your life are you going to make a, a, a part of your decision-making process, your mission statement? Is it just going to be, because you know what, what most corporations do in my executive coaching stuff, it, it's a, it's a quote on the wall. It's, well, here's the commander's intent. Here's the, 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 the but nobody knows it. If I went to ask the E3 on the ground, hey, what's the battalion commander's intent of the brigade command? Well, I, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know what, what's for lunch. You know what I mean? Like, they, they, you know what I mean? Or, or the, 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 the employee, the janitor, or the, 
or you ask them, hey, what's, and they'll give you 10 different answers for the company mission statement, right? So, but is that, is it a guiding core principle for how you make decisions going forward? Is it the first thing you talk about when you have a meeting or is it, a, is it a, you know, is that where the conversation gets going? You know, whoever you're talking about in the organization. Yeah. Yeah. How about this one? This is money, right? This is another good assessment. Hey, Drew, what do you do? What, what, don't answer that because most people answer with their job, their job title. Right. Right. Versus yeah. who they are. Yeah. Well, Hey, what do you do? Noble well, man. I'm a, I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a, I'm a leader. I develop, you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. First, oh, well, my job is I'm the uh, battalion commander in, you know, first of the 325. You know, mm-hmm. why do most people answer with their job title or their job position? Mm-hmm. Right? Because a lot of times that is their identity. Yeah, identity. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> Wow. Well, I mean, so it's a, it's such a process to, to whittle down then and to, to strip that away and find out what you're, is there, is there a book, like what, what resource do you recommend for people reading more about this to, to expose it? I, I've got a zillion books on, on emotional intelligence that I recommend. And the, the thing that I recommend, and, and actually we are going to be starting a podcast called EQ for entrepreneurs here very soon over the next probably month or so. And because we've got tons of, of, yeah, just lessons and all that kind of stuff. I want to encourage people for those who d- decide to, Hey, I want to, I want to take this on is, is it, it's a process. Growing your EQ is a process. It is not an event. It takes time. And a lot of times I will tell you it, it feels like, so speaking about feelings and emotions here, which again is just is funny and ironic coming from me, airborne ranger, infantry jump master guy talking about warm, fuzzy stuff. But it's, but here's the, again, it totally impacts the bottom line. So not only in the military, but in business as well, the warm, fuzzy stuff directly impacts the bottom line. Um, it's, a lot of times it feels like three steps forward and two steps backward, but that is also a sign that you are doing it right. So don't be discouraged by, well, man, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling bad about this or I'm having some negative emotions or feelings, that's okay. Give yourself the the space and grace to go through that journey and feel those emotions and identify those emotions. So, because here's the other thing too, so a huge piece of this real quick thing is um, the brain is a master filer and organizer. And if you have emotions and feelings bebopping around your being like a like a 45 hollow point and you and it's not named or identified it's going to do damage in you and it's cute when it's when you're 3 years old and 5 years old and you have these little emotions and feelings and it's a little, little cute little furry monkey but when you I'm a I'm a recovering stuffer also so I've stuffed my emotions and feelings my whole life it, it's fine and froggy when you're 5 but when you're 45 and you're a brigade commander or a division commander and, 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 or a VP of a company or a CEO of a company, and now that, that little cute furry monkey is an 800-pound gorilla, let me tell you, it is going to impact your leadership. It's going to impact every decision that you make at work and at home, in your business and at home. And so 
it's 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 not sexy it's but it's so worth in my opinion to do this work so emotional intelligence 2.0 is a great book to start with um another book that that I'll that I'll throw out there is oh man th- these two are game changers man boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud and changes that heal by Dr. Henry Cloud i would say those three books are great starters I've got a whole bunch more that would be games that are have been game changers for us, but those are a few other ones that w- will absolutely get you going uh, in, in a in a great direction for sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. <clears throat> this is not a this is the emotional intelligence side is not something that military circles uh, and conversations gravitate toward, uh, but I, I think it's an important underpinning. I mean, you're you're hitting it on the head, and you're not saying anything that anybody doesn't doesn't feel in some level. Like even the even the most toxic, ego driven, narcissistic narcissistic leader. That's there are feelings that manifest there, and even making becoming aware of those can be insightful for those you know for those types of leaders. Um, man, we we can spend like an hour like talking about this. I know. Um, what okay? So talk to me about three sixty movement. Like 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 what are you doing? How are you coaching? Um, how how are you impacting people lately? So the 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 mission of the three sixty personal the three sixty movement personal growth tribe is to change the world by changing your world, by changing you through reaching the world, by restoring brokenness, empowering leaders and influencers, affirming gifts, strengths, talents, and superpowers, cultivating deep roots, harvesting long-lasting legacy fruit. So for us, it is a leadership approach from every single big rock in someone's life, from all 360 degrees of someone's life. So it's not just, am I technically and tactically proficient, but they don't want to follow you in silent prayer, right? Your soldiers don't want to follow you. In, but, but man, you're God's gift to an M4 or to, uh, uh, you know what I mean? To a, to a war, right? But, but nobody, but everybody hates you, right? Well, again, which impacts performance. So for, for me, cause and, and here's kind of how, 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 how it kind of evolved or started is, you know, I've seen a lot of people that are financially successful that are not family successful. They're professionally successful, but they're not personally successful. And for me, again, I love the Lord. I want to be successful and an example, a good example in every area of my life, not just, oh man, I'm a great business guy or I'm a great uh, dad, but we're eating ramen noodles or like, I, I want to be a good example in every area. Like, man, if I, if my faith and I, I believe that you know, God created his big ball of mud roll on, like, why, why can't I be successful in every area? And so we, we have created content, you know, interviews, podcasts, uh, experiences to, to help people grow in every area of life that are serious about growing in every area of life, not just, you know, not just in their job, you know, not just in their, in their profession. <clears throat> yeah, that's okay. So, how do how do you how do you connect with folks? Is it a personal coaching, individual calls? I, I know you have the videos and Facebook page and all that. So, we put out a lot of content in the three hundred and sixty movement mm-hmm. personal growth tribe, and from there, we have done a number of of webinars. Probably, man, over the last couple of years, Drew, we've probably had a, a thousand plus people attend. You know what I mean? Yeah, Attend yeah. the, the different events. We've had different speakers in on emotional intelligence, on flow, the concept of flow, 
building your story brand by Donald Miller. I had one of his consultants speak for us. The chief growth officer of, of the Flow Research Collective spoke from a book called The Rise of Superman, which is an amazing book. Again, emotional intelligence, business guys, real estate. Like I've done them. We, we've done seminars and stuff every couple months on – we started one on leadership. Then we did one on work-life balance. Tell me that's mm-hmm. not relevant. Yeah, we did right. one on, on assets, business, finances, and real estate, business investments in real estate. We did one on developing leaders, one on relationships, one on – you know. anyway, so – Lots of different topics that are very important, in my opinion, in developing the whole person. Again, be before do, who before do, not just here are the five steps you need to do to become a successful leader. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's good. Can, can folks uh, plug into that? How can they can they get any of the content or is it? Absolutely. So, the, you know, it's all housed within. I don't have the gift of administration, so so that is not a skill of mine. So I created that Facebook group. Uh, uh, the 360 Movement Personal Growth Tribe, and and you know, for anyone that joined it, it all there's a number of hashtags that are that are that are really popular. So you can do hashtag EQ. We do a lot on emotional intelligence. We do hashtag a keynote. If you do hashtag keynote, I've got a, a Google document that has multiple tabs on there uh, from all of our different events mm-hmm. with our previous speakers. They're like mini TED talks. Mm-hmm. Previous speakers. Okay. Book lists, leadership lists, relationship book lists, podcasts, all kinds of great content. Okay, awesome, awesome. Can, can folks uh, go to Facebook and try to and and request an invite for that? Or absolutely. Okay, we'll put a link in the show notes for sure. Then, and uh, and send that out. Um, so, you, I mean, you and I, we have spent we we spent some Waffle House mornings till three a.m. <laughs> doing exactly this right here. Um, I I do want to wrap it up here in in a second. Um, and and this is just version one of many versions. I think, uh, I want to, I want to ask you about mentorship, uh, you know, at another time I want to ask you about mastermind groups. I want to ask you about, you know, surrounding yourself, uh, you know, with the, with, with the, you know, the, the right people to feed this, uh, this, this, this clear version of who you are as a leader, right? So, I mean, there can be power in who you surround yourself with in order to give your, you know, yourself the, you know, the, the right view and the right uh, growth as a leader. <clears throat> but also, then, how do you build uh, your tribe, right? How do you, who do you invest in? How do you determine um, who to invest in to apportion your time? Because we're all, you know, we we are all busy. All the end of the time is is it's competitive. So. You know, but who is worth investing in it? And so how you organize that. So it's part of the mentorship conversation. Um, uh, and so there's lots of stuff, dude, tons of stuff to talk about. Um, so I'm going to leave you. So I'm going I'm to leave you an invitation here to invest in uh, everyone listening on the, uh, on the podcast here. Like, so if you can in, it, deliver one insight to everybody listening right now, like a, like a home run takeaway to make them a better leader, what would it be? Excellent question. This is how I will respond with uh, to your question. Every single person has superpowers, right? They've got uh, they've got gifts, they've got strengths. They, again, but just my background, I believe they were God given, right? So, it, it, you know, you have these gifts. Don't be satisfied with just having them figure out how you can become intentional and deliberate at becoming world-class in those gifts. Somebody needs those gifts that, that you bring to the table, that only you bring to the table. 
And a, I'm a cheesy quotes guy. One of my favorite quotes is uh, uh, from uh, an author. I can't remember off the top of my head. You are a sol- Mike Morak. You are a solution to somebody else's problems. You are a solution to somebody else's problems. So don't just be satisfied with your gifts. How can you be? Because this is another thing that I feel is is not as popular as it has been in the past. Is the concept of mastery. How can you become world class at the gifts that you have to have a greater impact or a deeper impact? Man, that is that's that's good. That's good because we've all got it in us, and I think sometimes we're afraid to expose that right exposed to deliver it i mean you know afraid to deliver it afraid to to take it to the next level or we are satisfied with where we're at we've been told on an evaluation or maybe from one of those other you know uh, followers or, or superiors or bosses oh yeah you're good at this i guess i'm good at that i don't have to i don't have to i don't have to improve that right i don't have to become an olympian in in whatever that is you know um that's good i appreciate that well, and here's here's the the, the 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 danger. The danger is one. This is another thing. I love uh, an exercise I love doing with people is write down the areas that you think you know the most about. Right, I love that. Right, have them do do a list. What are all the areas that you think you know the most about? And then he, and then here's what I love. I love those are the areas that you are the least teachable in. Okay. The areas that you think you know the most about, which goes back to our feedback conversation, yeah. right? What do you, what do you, dude? I'm a, I'm a full, bur- I'm a brigade commander. What are you talking about giving me feedback on leadership, dude? I've been leading since yeah. you were born. Yeah, like you can't give me right. It, so yeah. those areas, and, and here's the other thing that the other danger behind the areas that you think you know the most about. Not only are you least teachable in, but those are also good chance the areas that you're the most comfortable in. And another cheesy quote, on the heels of your comfort zone is complacency. On the heels of complacency is destruction. So be careful about the areas that you think you know the most about. And not even think, maybe that you do know the most about. Be careful about those areas because it's very easy to get comfortable and complacent in those areas. Man, that is gold. Gold. I love it. I love. All right, let, we'll we'll end on that for now, and then we'll we'll wrap until the until the next episode. Noble Gibbons, I thank you uh, for speaking. You know, speaking into my life for the last eighteen years, and you, and you've done it out of the goodness of your heart, uh, and and just your willingness and and uh, your love of investing in others, uh, and and I appreciate that. And thanks for for speaking to the the podcast audience here. These are all folks who tune in on their runs, on their 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 commutes to work, and and are just looking to get better. And you have certainly done that uh, for us today. Day. So, so buddy, I, I can't thank you enough. You're always invited here on, on the podcast. Always. Thanks a million, brother. Totally appreciate you, Drew. Thanks for the impact that you're having in everybody's life, brother. All right. We'll talk soon for sure. It's tough to find someone more passionate about leader development than Noble Gibbons. And I'm sure you picked that up during the interview. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, and if you did, and if you got a lot out of it, then uh, would appreciate if you share that with your colleague, your network, social media, and maybe throughout your day uh, to uh, get the word out, but also uh, be a conduit for the lessons you've heard here. I want to share also that I've got uh, a couple folks helping out with the podcast now and helping put it together. Uh, Dave Wert and Matt Lensing have volunteered uh, their time and their effort uh, to help put this podcast together. And I want to thank them for joining the team uh, to make this a great show for you. And then I also want to share with you that uh, next 
next week, I get the pleasure and the honor of uh, interviewing Michael Bungay Stanier uh, here for an upcoming episode. Uh, he wrote The Coaching Habits, uh, Do More Great Work, and the forthcoming book, The Advice Trap, which we're going to talk about here. Um, he is a very uh, highly respected coach, speaker, and author, uh, and it's a real privilege to be able to chat with him uh, and share the lessons here with you. So I look forward to that here in the coming weeks. I want to thank you for joining today. Remember, the video is over on themilitaryleader.com if you wanted to watch it. Also, remember that the views expressed here do not represent the U.S. government or the Department of Defense in any way. Thanks for listening and lead well.